Hello and a very warm welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. Welcome on board. I'm Johnny Hammond. Oh, well, they're finally here, aren't they? The Autumn Internationals are finally here. This weekend kicks off a month of hugely exciting international rugby as everybody jostles, gets practice in, gets psychological edges in ahead of next year's World Cup. This weekend sees the almighty clash between the two giants, really, of the women's game, England against New Zealand at Sandy Park in Exeter on Sunday. And of course, this pod reflects that. England, New Zealand, we have got two absolute superstars of those countries coming on. We've got Katie Daly-McLean, MBE, joining us, the World Cup winning captain, to talk about how England might approach this game even going to ask her for a full 15 as well see who she would select in those 15 white shirts we've also got Stacey Fuller the Blackburn World Cup winner sevens and 15s joining us from deep inside the Blackburns camp to give us all the news their trip in England how it's been so far and how they're going to approach this two game series against the Red Roses before we get to Katie Daly McLean speaking of World Cups this week a little bit of news to bring you up to date with England's RFU are to take on France in battle to host the 2025 Women's World Cup. The USA has launched its joint bid to host the Men's World Cup in 2027 and 2031 and the Women's World Cup in 2029. That's huge news. That's been backed by the government as well. Huge amount of money to prepare that bid properly for another World Cup here in England. Of course, with my fans hat on, love to see that again. Thoroughly enjoyed broadcasting in 2010. So let's hope that bid goes well. Congratulations to everyone um, in France and England for putting those proposals together and may the best country win. Let's hope that's England. Other news, World Cup. Uh, speaking of World Cups 2014, met this chap who's assistant coach with Ireland, Greg McWilliams. Uh, went over to the USA did some great stuff over there. Got involved in the national setup universities as well. He is the new Ireland women's coach after uh, the Autumn International. Alan Gribbs steps down from his position. Uh, Greg McWilliams, uh, huge congratulations to him. A real people's person. Get him on the on the piano um, in a bar. He is he is great value and I know hugely hugely respected within the game, within the women's game as well. So hopefully that's a brilliant appointment, and he can reshape women's rugby as well. So those are the headlines in women's rugby. Let's get straight to the big game on Sunday though. England against New Zealand. Here's Katie Daly McLean. It's a very warm welcome to I think um I think we can say friend of the of the pod. Katie Daly McLean. How MBE, MBE. Um how are you? I'm good, thank you. Lovely to be here. Like to be a friend. That's nice, isn't it? Oh well, you know, if you'll have us, um we'd be more than happy to be in that bracket with you. You're looking particularly well. A little, <laughs> can I say a little tan there? Indeed, that's right. I do. I've got a little uh, bit of a Summer glow, you know, been away for a week. That gap in the, the league has been lovely. So got on holiday. Very nice. With the, with the fam? Yes, with the fam. Everybody got a bit of sunshine, so that's nice. A bit of swimming, a bit of beach time. Indeed. Lovely. How super. Um, let's, uh, we've got loads to talk to you about, Katie. Um, it's obviously England, New Zealand, the, the, the big game, but it would be remiss um, if we didn't just, just touch on on sale. And the, the the journey you embarked on there, we haven't as a as a part of congratulate you for your your new title, your new role as um, I think you've just probably just sum it up as Grand Fromage, um, the big cheese. Um, <laughs> I, I know you've you've you chosen a much fancier title for yourself. Yeah. Uh, what what is the title? Uh, performance lead. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Performance lead. Yeah. Wow. Look at that. Uh, Katie Daly McLean, performance lead, MBE. You're one of those people on LinkedIn with all the letters and stuff after their Not name. yet, not yet. Soon. You'll get there. You'll get there. Um, how's, it all, how's it all going? What are you, we're five games into this season. Again, the sort of COVID thing is still knocking around and, that, and those kind of challenges. But how are you personally enjoying the experience so far? Yeah, no, it's it's been brilliant. It's been a kind of a pretty steep learning curve um, for me. So there's been a lot of things that uh, I've had to learn as we go and things that I just kind of didn't know got done. Um, 
but it's been great. I've been really, really fortunate. You know, we've kind of increased our staff team. So alongside uh, Cal, also having Rachel Taylor on board and inside with the Bickers has been great because they bring a massive amount of experience. And I think for me, it's um, it's really important that I get the opportunity to keep learning as well. Um, and those guys definitely bring that, especially like, like Rachel, she's been around and she knows so much about the game and kind of her experience. It's just brilliant to kind of be able to work with her on a day-to-day basis. And it, it's really great for the girls as well. What a coup that is. Indeed. What a coup. Obviously, things got a, a little belly up with WIU, but that is an, a, an incredible uh, coup for you guys to, to get Rachel Taylor. And I, I suspect you've learned from some unbelievable coaches, World Cup winning coaches, of course, to to use that experience around you and, and tap into it. A good leader just takes the little bits that they want, don't they? And, and it doesn't have that sort of, um, oh, well, I, I know best on every front. And I'm guessing that's the way that you, you're approaching it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I massively learned that lesson in 2014, the hard way, where I wanted to control everything. I wanted to kind of be the boss and do everything. And, and that was kind of like what I, I went about. And actually that lesson, when you learn it, is like you say, it's much easier to kind of utilise the skills of the people around you. And actually by that kind of World Cup, we got there, like the likes of Suns and Scazzy, Tam, Rocky, you know, the greats of the game. They had such better skills in different areas than me. And I learned like I learned the hard way of how to use that. So actually it's been invaluable coming into this job to be able to think, actually, they're much better at that than me. Let them go and do that. And and like you say, having somebody about like tails around has really helped to kind of do that. And and she's got such a, a vast amount of coaching experience, much more than I have. So yeah, it's, it's great. Oh, there's so much more I want to ask you about, but we, we've got to get into some other bits and pieces. But I just wanted to say, when I when I chat with with with, with Joe, yeah, there's a no, it's intangible, and perhaps I'm just barking completely luckily up the up, up the wrong tree. But it just seems to be an an assurance there, and results may not go quite right, performances, and, and the win column isn't quite as full as as you like it to be. Yeah, but you're at a club that gets it and it, and it's fully behind. And I, and I get this exactly the same sense at, at sale. Yeah, no, massive. we are really, really fortunate in terms of the support we get from the club itself, but also from our owner. So Michelle Orange is like a massive advocate of, of the women's game and we're very lucky to have her. And I think like you've touched on there, she's uh, very realistic about where we are at this journey. So Seal have only been around for two years. We're kind of like the second year into, into our journey. And actually... What we want to achieve is a much broader term and a much longer term for, for rugby in the northwest and and in the north. And actually, we're very well supported. Like you say, the, there was there's been a couple this year, probably a bit disappointing that we've been on the other side of it. And that, but again, it, it's about the journey and it's about improving the squad as a whole from where we've come to come from and where we want to go. And yeah, like you've said, it, it's great to have a, a club support where actually you're not constantly looking over your shoulder about results. These guys are fully bought into kind of the journey we're on. And when, when when can Sales Sharks fans expect you to be near the top end of that table, challenging for those the, the, those playoff games? Or have you you given yourself targets like that? Five years, three years? What's yeah, that? definitely. I think within the next three to four years, we definitely want to be moving our way up up at the table. We don't want to be constantly sat at this bottom end, um, and and that's definitely something that. Michelle again is very passionate about about seeing Sharks kind of further up the table than we are now. Um, but within that, you've got to be realistic about kind of where we are and what we need to achieve and, and and like we've talked about you know returning kind of quality players back to the north we find that there's been a massive exodus of our better players have, have gone and moved to more southern clubs and actually for me and and for us as a group it's really important that these girls return to the north and we provide a system and a structure that suits them as well as the girls at work and kind of managing the kind of um the group is really important, but yeah, we want to build something here that's that's special and unique that caters for all. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ah, time is always uh, not a friend on the, on a podcast, especially when you're talking to someone. So, amiable as yourself, but we want to get into the international stuff because we were going to see in this pod as a as a full preview for uh, England against New Zealand, which yeah, is the biggest game of the weekend bar absolutely none. Um, at Sandy Park on Sunday, England, New Zealand, of course, is a World Cup year. And look, one of the one of the researchers even put some stats in my little script for me, Katie. Oh, Head nice. to, yeah, seriously, played twenty seven. England won eight. New Zealand eighteen. Wow, yeah, one draw. Last uh, meeting twenty seventeen, twenty nine, twenty one to England. 
before that was World Cup was obviously the final 32-41. Yeah. Um, and New Zealand won the Super Series in... Uh, tw- oh, no, 2019 was the last time you played. Um, what do you have to do to beat the Black Ferns? I think it's a, it's a great question. Like you say, it is one of the, it is the biggest game this weekend. I think, obviously, 100th game for the Black Ferns as well, which yeah. adds for their kind of occasion, doesn't it? I think, for me, for an England side, we've got to be really um, clear about what we're trying to do. I think what we can't do is try and match the Black Ferns. I think if you look at the World Cup final, for example, and even if you look at that win in 2017, we were really set in how we were going to play. Especially yeah. 2017, we went in with a very clear game plan of what we wanted to do and actually we executed. I think the World Cup final, we that first half of rugby, we were the better side. And what they did very well is they adapted and changed their game at half-time and we couldn't do anything about that. Um, so I think that for us as an England side, we probably want to be really, really set about, right, this is how we're going to play. This is how we think we're going to go about and beating them. And then we've got to play to that. And then we've got to have 10, 12 of our girls really on their day as well. Because that's basically what the game comes down to. You need more of your players outperforming more of theirs. But you also need, against the Black Ferns, you need that to be like 10 or 12. A couple can have a bad day, but that's it. If you have more than that, you're going to be in trouble. If there's if there's one area that Simon Middleton is talking about this week, one area of the game, I think it's going to be have to get right that set piece dominance. We've got yeah. to really own our set piece because you think of when England have gone well as a side, our set piece has been at the the foundation of that. We've been able to go into corners, we've been able to squeeze teams, and if not, we've then got an opportunity to go and kick penalties. But I think if our set piece doesn't function, it could be a really long day at the office for the girls. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's a question that is so often asked when it's England, New Zealand. But I, I think it's um, it's 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 relevant every time. How much of the of the battle is is psychological? Just because of 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 their dominance, I don't know. I mean, we, we, we're calling this podcast black and white, but it's that sort of absorbing black sort of mist cloak, whatever you want to call it, coming over you. Ha- no, I think okay, the it's created by you guys, isn't it? Everybody yeah. got that like that <laughs> mythical idea that New Zealand are special or however we want to define them. Ultimately, they're a rugby side that happens to be very talented. And they, for me, that's all it was. I think definitely in the past, and I think Nikki Pond said when she was enrolled, did a very good job of making sure we got an opportunity to play New Zealand because a lot of that mystery came from nobody ever playing them. Yeah. You think but- I've played more, cap- more international games myself than they have as a country? That's bonkers, isn't it? Yeah. Abs- yeah. And I think that's where that kind of facade was created, in my opinion. It was that we never got to see them. We never got to play them enough. And actually, for us as England, we've played them an awful lot in the past, since, what, that 2000, 2009, um, 2010 kind of era. We're playing, other than COVID, they would have played much earlier than this as well. Yeah. No, no, I, I, I get that. And I... I, 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 I love the, the the response and I, I think it, your particular group of that squad of, of the World Cup winning side played New Zealand a lot went down there and beat them and as you say that sort of facade was was, was gone but but in terms of result that they are dominant what's that, oh, 18, yeah. 18 to 8 and therefore that is a is a psychological hurdle, yeah so it? I think that more so we can talk about because you think actually they have and that is what I suppose you've got to really admire about them their ability to win the big games the World Cup finals, the games that the games that matter, they have an ability to to kind of fall back to the the way they play. But if you look at the rugby, and you, you take World Cup final for example, the reason we got beat is because they changed the game and we didn't adapt quick enough. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. anything to do with whether they were playing in a black shirt and whatever. It was the fact that actually their rugby did the talking for them that day. Um, yeah, and I think that's yeah. what's fascinating on Sunday is what version we get of the game. Is it a, a bit more of a like a tactical masterclass of both play both teams playing a bit more territorial, a bit cagey, or is it gonna be the, the World Cup final of seventy odd points where both teams set the stalls out early to play? If you were the Red Roses performance lead, um <laughs> <laughs> See what you did <laughs> how 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 would how would you have approached this this, this week the, the last few camps um, in, in terms of a, a, a way to play? I think you've got to go you've got to go test them. There is no point, I, in my opinion, for us is to sit and play a cagey a cagey game with them because what do we learn? You've got two tests now, and then potential is if all goes well, you meet them at some point in a final next summer 
or you meet them in a, in a semi, realistically, they probably won't meet before then. So I think you want to, I would, for me, I'd want to know as much as I can about what they have to offer. Because we know that they're a smart team. You know, they've got Coxa just been in great form. When New Zealand have gone well, she's gone well. You've got Brazier and a couple of their sevens girls returning as well. And they've got some new caps on there. So I think for England, you want to find as much as possible about these players. And the way to do that is to go and to go play. Be brave. Because they'll score tries, right? And so I mean, even on the scoreboard, you, you've actually got to test them, haven't you? But there's a difference between being brave and loose. Yeah, and I, yeah. that's what England have got to find that battle for. It doesn't mean that we've got to run everything out from our 22. It still means we can play territory and kick corners. But I think we've got to make sure that we test multiple different ways of playing. We can't rely on a pack driving line out. Actually, especially when you've got the likes of Jess Breach, Abby Dow, Ellie Kildun in your wide channels. We've got to give those girls the opportunity to use the ball. And, and hopefully they learn those lessons from summer too. Actually, when we played and when we went, we caused New Zealand problems. Yeah. So that, that would be my hope for this weekend. I suppose the only consideration is Sandy Park has its own weather conditions down there as well. <laughs> uh, for the kicking game as well. Um, the only other thing I was going to ask you um, on this before, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you for a, a, a team as well. Um, but um, was, I mean, it's Sunday evening that they'll spin it one way or, or t'other. If, if, if the Red Roses lose, I suspect that the narrative will be, you know, we're testing them out. You know, this isn't the important one. World Cup is that. And if they win well, you're going to get the psychological edge. Which which sort of camp are, are you in? Do you think it's important to lay down a marker now? You know, if you could get two wins now and say, right, well, you know, come the World Cup, we just we just don't fear you. Yeah, I think there's a balance for that, Johnny. If I'm honest, I think 2017 yeah. we went over there and we beat them at home. Didn't help us come a World Cup final though. <laughs> and then in the flip side of that, 2014 we got pumped in three tests in New Zealand and got beaten in the opening Six Nations against France. We went on and won it. So I think you can sit on both camps. I, I think for me, it's about performance. You know, it's about understanding what your strengths are and where their weaknesses are and how, when different things are flowing at you, how quickly can we adapt? Because I think that's probably been our problem as an England side previously, especially when I played. We didn't adapt quickly enough to what we were seeing and we didn't have the tool, multiple tools to adapt to different situations. But, so, go on. I was just going to say, but then on the flip side, if you get two wins from this two games against them, that definitely adds to your confidence, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you'd like to be in a camp, but it's it's it's, it's certainly not not going to come easily. I've looked. The time is is ticking on entirely. My fault with um, emergencies going on here at Chateau Hamo. Um, anyway, um, give us a fifteen, Katie. Then, if you would. Okay, so I think for me, I'd go out the blocks hard. I wouldn't like we always know England have got a good like strength and depth in their squad, and there's there's a lot of talented players. But I think for me, I would start with my best and go right this is us stop us almost so I'd go uh, Bots Amy Cocaine and um, Sarah Byrne I'd go uh, Kath O'Donnell and Abby Ward in the row uh, controversially I'd go Sarah Hunter at six then I'd go Molly Pack at seven with Poppy Cleal at eight um, I know I know she'll probably never speak to me again but I love her and I just think she's a phenomenal six what? No Zoe Allcroft? No, so I think Zoe off the bench. When the game's starting to loosen up, when you want it, like, starting to get a bit mobile, because the first 10, 15 minutes are going to be a war of attrition. It's going to be weight v weight, in my opinion. So I've gone for a, a big, heavy pack in there. Uh, and potentially, and, and you know, you probably know better than I, but Vicky Cornbright, I suspect, would be regarded as a stronger scrummager than, than Hannah Bottom. You spoke about the set piece, but you're going... Probably just just throw everything at them first. First, I'm 10 going minutes. like I'm going dominant some way. I think again, like Vic Cornbra, you know she's going to be a very good scrummager. You know she can get round the park. So I think for me, New Zealand have a 60 minute game where they, and then after that, I think the game will open up in that last 20. And actually, for me, I'd have a more mobile pack. Come on, nice. Oh, loving it. Okay, half backs. Half backs. Uh, I'd probably go Leanne and Helena. So that's Leanne Riley and Helena Rowland. Yeah. I mean, you're incredibly interested by your midfield. Yeah, let's let's go 12 and 13 then. So I'd go Rido and uh, Lange. So Amber Reed and Lange Tuima. I think okay. Reed gives you that experience. I think obviously Skazzy not being in there, no uh, Mo Hunt in there as well. You probably just need like a bit of a wise head 
because then my back three would be Abby Dow, Ellie, and and Jess. So Abby Dow, Jess Breach, and Ellie Kill done is your yeah. back three. Um, Holly Aitchison knocking around. Zoe Harrison. So Claude and Zoe would be on the bench for me in terms of half backs, and then I'd also have Sarah McKenna on there. Again, I think you just need to get that balance between a bit of bit of experience and a, a bit of youth. Um, and again, potentially, if you want to close out a game, Sarah McKenna is very, very sound and stable at the back. Nice. I like what you've done there. That's uh, a come there. Let's have a prediction. I'm gonna. Go, I really hope it's a classic, and I'm gonna go England because there's no part of me that could go New Zealand. Um, and I think it'll <laughs> probably be. I think it'll be close. I'm gonna go like twenty three fifteen. Twenty three fifteen. Oh, really tight then. Hmm. Okay, well, yeah. Yeah, two scores. My word. Brilliant. Um, Katie, I see the time has ticked away from us. Thank you so, so much for joining us. Um, sure, it's been so, 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 put my teeth back in. Sorry, it's been so short and sweet. No. Um, but always absolutely delightful to, to speak to you. And I hope your prediction is right. And me. And, uh, well, Let's yeah, go England. Go, well, I put my uh, unbiased hat on and go rugby. Oh, Johnny. <laughs> Lovely to see you. You take you. care. Take care. Thank you. So much. See you soon. Cheers. Bye. I'm Tina Coxie, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Absolutely brilliant to hear from Katie Dale McLean. Yeah, very thankful for for her time on on the pod today. Uh, great to hear uh, the progression of Sale Sharks and and building some some really solid foundations with a club that that que- clearly understand that the value of women's rugby and are, and are fully behind. So, uh, yeah, great to hear that. And, uh, yeah, great to hear her thoughts. I could listen to Casey Dennewick-Lean and me all day long on her thoughts on how to play the game of rugby. She is a a real rugby brain and, yeah, doing her thing at sale at the moment. Um, who knows how long it'll be before she gets into that England camp, but, Got to choose a 15 as well, didn't we? Hannah Bottoman, Amy Kane, Sarah Byrne, the front row, Cath O'Donnell, Abby Ward in the second row, the back row, Sarah Hunter at six, Marley Packer, seven, Poppy Keeler, eight, Leanne Riley and Helena Rowland at half back. In the centres, Amber Reed and Langi Chuima. And that experience without Scarrett, no more hunt in the squad. Um, so, yeah, that experience of Amber Reid, I think, in there, because Holly Aitchison is, is playing very well um, outside. Oh, jeez, Jonas, mate. Great to hear from Katie Dana McLean. Always a pleasure to have her on the pod, the World Cup winning captain. I could listen to her thoughts on rugby all day long. So pleased that things are going well at sale and they're realistic up there. About the progression, they are starting. Yeah, they started from scratch, didn't they? Only a second year, as she was saying. But really solid foundations. Important to put those in with a club that clearly understand uh, what it takes to put that program together. And got one of the best in the business to to put that together. And the likes of Rachel Taylor coming in as well. Uh, it's um, yeah, the future looks very orange, uh, bright, I should say, um, up at sale. Uh, great to get her thoughts on England, New Zealand as well. The adaptability she was talking about, that ability to go for New Zealand. She didn't take too much for the, the psychology of playing in the All Blacks, did she? But um, yeah, go and have a go at at the Black Ferns. They will score tries. So go and have a go at them. So she she chose the team. Let's just go through it again. Hannah Bottleman, Amy Kane, Sarah Byrne, Kath O'Donnell, Abby Ward, Sarah Hunter at six, Marley Packer seven. Poppy Kill at eight, Leanne Riley and Helena Rowland are half back in the centres. Amber Reed, Langi Chuima, and a back three of Abby Dow, Jess Breach, and Ellie Kill Dunn. Uh, it's certainly a team that, that can put some points on. Uh, it's a fearsome pack. He was interested to see where she's going to go in the midfield. Obviously, with herself not playing, though, Amity Scarrett as well. Uh, would we have possibly seen a Holly Aitchison in there? Possibly a Zoe Harrison starting. They, those two are combining very, very well at Saracens. Um, but Amber Reed, I think it gives that uh, experience in that midfield, doesn't she? Um, and there's plenty of kicking options there as well between Helena Rowland, Amber Reed, Langi Tuima, um, and then some real weapons outside. Uh, Abby Dow has been scoring some some blistering tries for for Wasps uh, as the Jess breach pre pre injury. 
uh, and Ellie Kildun is, is doing her thing as well in the quarters. So, yeah, fascinating to hear from Katie. We will speak to Stacey Fuller not too long away now. But let's round up the international news. Let's get Nandi Butelezi on the pod. Nandi's news. Well, thank you so much, Johnny, for that warm welcome. I'm, of course, Nandi Butelezi, coming from all the way here in South Africa. And I'm here with the international news. And to kick things off this week, big news ahead of next year's World Cup. Japan have automatically qualified due to ongoing COVID impacts traveling for Hong Kong. Kazakhstan and Japan have proven difficult. And Asia Rugby announced that the team with the highest world ranking will go on to qualify Japan. Great news for the Sakura 15 who joined Pool B alongside USA, Canada and Italy, Hong Kong and Kazakhstan will now compete in a playoff match to determine which country progresses to the final qualification tournament. Over in France, France women have announced their squad for the Autumn Internationals. Annick Herro and Thomas Derrick have named a squad of a total of 48 players. 31 for the upcoming tests against SA and New Zealand and 17 pole players who will aid in physical and mental preparation for the tour. There are strong representations of Montpellier and Tunisia who have 8 players in the squad respectively. Training camp began this week, Monday the 24th, with their first match on the 6th of November against South Africa in Vaughan. The IRFU have made a number of announcements this week. Firstly, they have confirmed Ireland's autumn test matches against USA, which is the 12th of November, and Japan, which will be on the 20th of November, which will be staged at the RDS Stadium. The announcement of Greg McWilliams as the new head coach, as Johnny mentioned earlier. The IRFU have completed their review of the playing conditions, especially facilities, during the recent Ireland interprovincial matches. They've laid out the following recommendations. First, a new set of guidelines to ensure a minimum standard of facilities. Second, additional training to events, support staff and volunteers. And lastly, to empower player voice, a dedicated female liaison officer appointed by the provincial branches to support and assist players and deal with arising issues. We are glad to see this review and hope that the IRFU will act on these recommendations. The IRFU have appointed Amanda Bennett, former Welsh Rugby International and founder of Fair Play as an independent consultant to conduct an independent review into the preparation, participation and performance of the Ireland Women's 15 during the recent Rugby World Cup 2021 qualifying campaign to understand and learn from any issues that led to Ireland failing to qualify and to identify areas of improvement that will support future international campaigns. Over in Canada, Jack Henry has been appointed interim coach of the Canadian Women's Rugby Sevens team for the remainder of 2021. Meanwhile in England, we finally see the return of some Premiership Rugby in the form of a cup competition. This is a sub-tournament that sees the Premiership teams compete in two groups in a round-robin over the international period. This weekend in Pool A, Gloucester Hopry will take on Bristol. DMP Sharks will host Harlequins. Wasp will be on a bye a week. Whilst in Pool B, Sale will play Loughborough and Worcester will take on Saracens with Exeter on a bye. In England, Round 4 of the Championship took place this weekend and in the North Kenilworth lose 66-0 at home against West Park Leeds while Barnsley and Harrogate draw 7-0. Cheltenham beat Loughborough Town 52-12 while Novocastrians lose 27-0 at home against Lichfield. Sefton also lose 15-5 against Firwood Waterloo. This put Cheltenham Tigers and West Park Leeds fighting for the top spot with both teams on 20 points and only separated by points difference. In the Championship South, Buckingham Swans win 43-5 at home against Supermarine and Old Albanians win 29-17 against Bath. Richmond FC lose 31-15 against Tharuk and Hove struggling to put some points on the scoreboard losing 26-0 against Henley. Reading Abbey versus Blackheath was postponed due to a shortage of referees. Lots of strong performances in the South. It's really shaping up to be a tight league, but Tharuk currently sits top of the table with four wins from four on 19 points. It was also round four of the Energia or Island Cup, with Cook losing 68-0 against Blackrock, Galvegians win 17-12 against Teutonians, Old Belvedere Thampelancholic 75-0, Railway Union win 37-10 against UI Bohemian, Wilklow win 12-7 against Malone. Railway Union returned to top of the table on 17 points with Blackrock College, Old Belvedere and UI Bohemian all close behind on 15 points. Next week, Belloncolic will face Railway Union, Blackrock College will take on Malone, Stetonians and Old Belvedere will go head-to-head 
while UI Bohemian will host Walklo. Here's no news from the French Elite One as the league has paused for the autumn test period. Round 5 resumes on the 5th of December. In Spain, the Round 4 of the Ipetora League took place with Complutense Cisneros bagging a massive 43-13 victory against St. Kuga. Sanchez Krum lose 24-20 against Galatasaray while Mahatonda bag a massive 45-24 victory against Olimpico Dopozelo. Cotiva Cocos also bag a victory winning 23-19 against Eibar. This means Eibar dropped from top of the table with Cisneros claiming first place with three wins from three. Round 5 this weekend will see San Kuga take on Sanchez Krum, while Krat UDC will take on Mahadonda and Complutense Cisneros will take on Eibar and Olympic will take on US Sevilla. In the strangest news of the week, the missing 1994 Women's Rugby World Cup trophy found in Attic after 15 years after England women won the second ever World Cup in 1994 after beating the USA. The trophy was taken on tours and roadshows before it seemingly disappeared. It was found in the attic of an old administrator. The trophy has been taken to Twickenham to be stored by the World Rugby Museum and put on display for everyone to see. That's all from me, Johnny, this week. See you next week. I'm Jess Breach and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Thank you so much, Nandy. Absolutely brilliant news. Lots and lots of positive news coming around the, the world of women's rugby. Well done to Japan for qualifying for the World Cup. Right thing to do in the circumstance here. I could just move on and start preparing. Now, well done to you, Ireland, trying to right some wrongs as well. Uh, obviously, being a shake-up there and uh, the review happening as well. So that's really, really positive stuff. As we will say on this pod, it's got to be actions, not words. Uh, deeds, not words. Um, Greg McWilliams, I think, is a, is a fantastic appointment. Really, really is. Um, could change things. He's been working over the US, been doing some work with World Rugby as well. So, well-connected man. Um, so, let's just hope above and below him, things get, get sorted. He will can deal with the stuff below him quite quite nicely, uh, quite easily, being a people person. It's the stuff above him that he needs to worry about. And, of course, huge congratulations for finding the 1994 World Cup. Jill Burns will be absolutely stuck. Let's get her on the pod. Let's just, let's just speak to the Waterloo number eight, shall we? Jill Burns, let's get her on the pod and get her reaction. Uh, after 15 years, tucked away in a dusty old attic. So uh, brilliant news to to find that cup. And that's been uh, shared around the, the Red Roses by some uh, former Red Roses legends like Jasu Day. Claire Purdy went down uh, and... and met with the current Red Roses squad as well. Um, so, yeah, brilliant to, to have that cut back. It was hard, hard getting it in the first place, and it's been even harder getting it back. So, um, yeah, brilliant to, to have the cut back. Let's get to Stacey Fluda then. She's on the WRP. Stacey Fluda, here she is, uh, the golden girl, the smiling assassin, um, gold medal, uh, Commonwealth Games, Olympics, Sevens World Cup, 15s World Cup. I think that's... That's covered most of the uh, the gold that you have um, that you probably want to talk about on the pod. Stacey, it's brilliant to have you on. Thank you so much from uh, deep inside the Blackburns camp. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Shani. I'm I'm great actually. I've, I've had better days with the weather though. What's going on here? Where's the sun? I oh, know. No, this is this is full. Yeah, this is full. I mean, De- Devon. No, no, no. It's cloudy, changeable. Four seasons in one day down there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's not like beautiful New Zealand, but it's all good. We're here for a, for a job. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Indeed. Have you had a Devonshire cream tea yet? No, I haven't. So thank you for the insight. I might need to try one tonight. I mean, if you can, whiz down to Cornwall. I mean, it's probably a bad thing to say when you're in Devon. Whiz down to Cornwall at the border. They they put the jam and the cream uh, the jam and the cream on a different way. Um, oh. Uh, yeah. But uh, anyway, have a Devonshire cream tea probably after the game. Um, yeah, I agree. I can't have too many. You know, I've got to go out there and run as fast as I can, Johnny. Stop setting me up. I know you want the English girls to win, but hey. <laughs> no, no. Oh, you're all going to have them one every day until now, until Sunday. No, no, no. Indeed not. We've got the uh, straight down the middle hat on. Um, as I say, it's great, great to have you on. Up here, when did you arrive? What have you been up to? What have you been visiting? We'll, we'll talk about the rugby stuff in a minute, but what have you, have you been up to anything exciting apart from not having a Devonshire cream tea? Uh, I'm going to be honest, no. We are in our bubble. 
Um, nope. We haven't done much. We, we've been out for dinner. We booked out a whole restaurant. That was quite nice. We did also stop at uh, Wembley Stadium. So we got a little ticket tour around there, which was awesome. Never been there. Obviously, some great history behind um, stadium, who's been there. Uh, and then, obviously, heading to Exeter this week, we got to stop into the infamous Stonehenge that I knew nothing about before I went there. So I learned a lot. <laughs> What's the theory then for you? Oh, I think it's amazing that they got those massive rocks there. I don't know how, obviously, 5,000 years ago, but pretty cool, pretty cool. Giants. Giants, yeah. Giants, aliens, or just a lot of horses and manpower? Yeah, I think a little mixture of both. Of Brilliant. All. Well, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a mystical place. I thought that would sort of, um, yeah, it would ring true with you. And, yeah, actually quite, quite a special place to, um, to go and see, actually. Yeah, and we did a TikTok in front too, you know, just a little bit of Kiwi um, dance moves in front of the Stonehenge. Had to, had to stamp yeah. our mark there. <laughs> um, I have to say, and I'm not just saying this because you're on, if, if people watching and listening, if you don't follow, obviously follow the, the pod, um, but if you don't follow the Backfords already, do, because um, social media for national rugby teams, it's literally no better from, from New Zealand. You guys should bang out some brilliant stuff. It's absolutely fantastic. So, we try. Little, we like yeah, to little, enjoy it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And so you've been enjoying your time sort of in your bubble. Monopoly cards. What's... Yes, we've been doing a lot. So had a little um, Yuka championship last night. Unfortunately, my mini team lost. So a little bit gutted about that. Um, been playing a lot of cards. A lot of analysis too, you know. Got to... Keep our eye on those English roses. Um, but, yeah, good, good, lots of good um, games had here in camp. Um, a lot of singing, uh, a lot of connection, watching a bit of movies here and there. But um, nice. cold outside, so got to make the most of it inside. <laughs> Great stuff. Let's get on to rugby. You've had a, a couple of kind of what games, Wales and England under-20s. How Obviously, I'm going to go to deep analysis, but, but how, how were they for you? Because... Yeah, you've not played together for, for such mm. a long time. How great to, to get those run outs and what did you get out of them? Yeah, two years ago was our last official test. And to be fair, before we came over here, obviously New Zealand has been in a bit of a lockdown for the past few months and all the girls in the squad have all been on different le levels. Some have been playing a little bit of Farah Palmer Cup. Um, a few of our sevens girls obviously were at the Olympics and then some girls, the Auckland-based girls, hadn't actually played a lot of footy, so it was real important for us to get that game time together, um, learn more our structure, our shape, our connection. Um, we got we got to have two full teams, which was awesome. So everyone got a run, two 30-minute halves. Wales and England, they they were awesome, and it was good preparation for us leading into this weekend. We got a lot of good learnings out of it, and I feel like we'll be much better for it. Good. How how important? Um, it's a fairly obvious question, probably a fairly obvious answer, but. How important is it for you, for you guys, because you haven't been together and, and you, you know, historically you don't get together very much um, mm. and you seem to turn it on every World Cup, um, <laughs> just, just by chance. Um, but how important is it you know, having, because you've been together a good, good week now? Yeah, a couple of weeks now. So we had a camp before we actually came over for a week and, and that was real good to get us all on the same page. Um, like you said, we don't get together very often. Um, so it's cool just to kind of get clarity on, on the little small things that are going to matter um, in our game plan. Uh, and the past two weeks has been awesome too. Just more connection, slowly building um, so that we're ready to go by the Sunday. Not giving much away, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> she's, in, she's in the team room with her media manager, Libby. I and, am. Uh, yeah, yeah so she's been very cautious, very straight back. <laughs> Straight back at the bowler. There you are. No, no, look, we'll, we'll, we'll get some bits out of you. No, let's move, let's move to Sunday. Um, yeah, you, you, you've played England. You've, played, you've been England in the World Cup final at 13 outside the Kelly Brazier. Um, many happy returns to her. Yes. It is her birthday today. It's uh, today, 30, it? It's today. She's, oh, I won't, yeah, say it. She's yes, 32, no. but she still plays like a 21-year-old. So it's good to have her on our side. Brilliant. Oh, well, look, do, do, do send her our birthday wishes to her. Um, yeah, you're, you're outside her. Um, what, what's it like playing the, the Red Roses? Is it as special for you as it is for, for most English fans and most English players? 
yeah, absolutely. You know, it's always going to be a good battle against the girls. And I actually, there was, because it's going to be our 100th test match this, week, this weekend, which is pretty cool, um, I actually learnt myself that we've lost the most against the England Roses. So that, I suppose that says it in itself that it's always a tough battle. You never know who's going to win. And they, they give it heaps, which is cool. You know, we want a physical battle out there, and, and that's exactly what we want. Um, so we're, we're all excited and we, we love the rivalry, you know, healthy competition against each other because at the end of the day, we just want to win, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's no point otherwise, really, is there? Um, it's, it's not <laughs> about taking part. Um, you mentioned, oh, we'll, 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 we'll go there quickly, a little segue to, to the 100th um, Test match, um, which is extraordinary. I mean, as I said to you just before we, we came on, I talked to Casey Daly McQueen, um, MBE, sort of said the MBE. Um, <laughs> And um, she's saying, you know, I personally played more tests than New Zealand as a country. Um, so how, <laughs> how, which is, I mean, it's just, I mean, bonkers, isn't it? Um, <laughs> how, how, therefore, how special is it for, for this group to, to hit that century mark? How much of a motivation is it for, for Sunday? Oh, I think it's real, it's real special. And obviously they created the Black Ferns legacy started way back in 1991. And it, it's cool to kind of, be able to have the opportunity to add to it. Um, I always talk about, you know, when we, when we play in this black jersey, we always want to leave something and leave it in a better place for future players. So to be here, to play in this special match, I, I think it's an honour. Um, just being in the black jersey is an honour, but playing in the hundred is awesome. And like you said, Katie's played, what, more more tests than for herself than the whole team um, has ever played. So it's pretty cool um, to know that we haven't played that as many games as um, a lot of other people around the world, but we're, we've been pretty successful, which is, which is quite cool. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I, there's no words to explain how, how blessed I am to be here and, and a part of this historic match. Brilliant. Well, you, I mean, you say being fairly successful. We, we, we know that. Um, <laughs> Head-to-head head, head against England is uh, 18 to New Zealand. Um, eight to to England uh, with one draw. Um, why is it so fiercely contested? And why on Sunday are you going to make it nineteen to eight rather than eighteen to nine? <laughs> well, can't give away too much, you know. Um, we just, I suppose we, you know, rugby country. We both are and. We always want to win, and the, the cool thing I love about this particular tour is that we've got quite a few new players. Um, there, there's, I think, 12 new girls this year in our squad, so it's cool to see that we've got a bit of depth coming through and leading into World Cup next year. We only want the best for our team, so pretty hard for our coaches to select um, a World Cup squad next year, and I know all the girls have put their best foot forward, but... That's probably going to be key in our game this week because there's no pressure on those girls and essentially the rest of the world don't know what these girls can give um, because you've never seen them on the world stage before. And, and that's pro I hope that's what we're going to have an edge over the girls this weekend is that, you know, they're, they're so talented and um, I just can't wait to see what tricks they show. But well, don't, don't tell us about the tricks they, they can do and there, there probably isn't a great deal of film on them. But who just for, for our listeners and viewers... They're clearly gonna it's on terrestrial television, which is you know really, really cool for, for the game over here. It's very different in New Zealand, we know that. Um and, and done brilliantly. But if you're an English viewer, um and obviously it's a big year as you mentioned with the World Cup, who should we look out for? Someone possibly some of those newer players who we may not know, uh, and what's what's special about them? A periphery view. <laughs> um you want names? You want names or positions? Yeah, please. <laughs> oh, everything. Just, just a couple of characters, yeah. Because yeah, I, I, I'm across the social media, whatever. Oh, so I, I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. new people coming. But just for those who who wouldn't know, a couple of couple of the characters who are, who are making a decent splash in, in that squad. Um, I suppose a special one would have to be one of our new props, Crystal Murray. Um, you've probably seen footage all over the Blackfins page of her. Um, such a talented prop. You'd think she's a back. Her skill set that she has, she runs. You know, she's pretty quick. Her um, skills on attack, on defence, you know, she can offload, she can break the line and she's always looking for that support. So I think she's going to bring something pretty special to this team. Her elusiveness, um, you know, she, she's, she's got good footwork. She's got 
everything really so I'm really excited for her to get an opportunity if she gets out on that paddock this weekend um and don't want to be too biased to the people from the Waikato um <laughs> but I will be but uh... I will be <laughs> um obviously we have a um couple of young halfbacks coming after the awesome you know Kendra's been here for quite a while and she's a great mentor for our young halfbacks coming through so I hope um, Ariana Baylor gets to get to jam this weekend to show what she's made of. She's gone. She's gone through three ACL construction reconstructions, and she's still so young. She's only 24. Um, so hopefully she would get an opportunity um, this tour. Don't know what game it would be, but if she does get out there, she she's got some skills. And you know, I played with her in the Waikato jersey, and I absolutely love love being around her. She's she's just so talented, and yeah, I can't wait for the world to see her talent. Awesome, awesome. Okay, let's get into the the the, the tactics then. Um, and we know for a while that you shall fence very very nicely and parry away before um, not lunging with any decent information. Um, <laughs> I believe those are fencing terms. Um, where exactly? It's the same question I, I ask Katie, um, but I'll ask it to you as well. Where exactly do you have to get right tactically? to beat the Red Roses? I suppose you can't look past the English um, forward pack, you know. We, we know how strong they are at scrums, lineouts, moors, and we, we, we know that they're so good at that. So I think if we want to beat them and win this weekend, that's probably where we're going to have to come up front and, and do really well. Um, and, and our girls, we know our girls can do it. It's just, I suppose, mentally um, being in that battle and wanting to to beat the girls in that area, I think that's probably going to be real important. And I suppose on the flip side of that, um, on attack, if we want good front football, then our forwards will have to do some decent work up there to, to give us that um, opportunity out wide. So, yeah, that's probably our, what we know the most about. And you, you, you probably know too, Johnny. They, they, they love a, they love a more. <laughs> and everyone does, everyone does, you know, if you watch them play, that you know, that's their strong tactic. And... You know, that's where we're going to have to beat them. Yeah, I mean, obviously, a, a reasonable amount of that, those players at Saracen's base, and, and again, they're, they're driving. Wall is very, very good. Um, the new forwards coach is an absolute line out Norse in the nicest possible way. Mm. Uh, <laughs> upset him, he's a big man. Um, so, yeah, yeah, that, that will come strong. It's interesting that, that Katie said exactly the same that, yeah, you've got to win the, the set piece, you've got to win the, the set piece battle um, mm -hmm. up front before we can do anything. But she also spoke about. Um, you know, 2017 in that World Cup final and, you know, that first 40 minutes, you know, I wouldn't say in the driving seat, but they were certainly opening the door to get into the cab for the seat, um, the Red Roses. You were able to yeah. change change on the hoof and that's obviously a, a trademark of a lot of New Zealand sides. Is, would that be important again Sunday? Is it something you, you speak about? Is it something you train for? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's obviously takes 15 or 23 players to win the whole game. So, I think the most important thing for us to, to be able to take it is that everyone knows their core role. Um, they, they know their individual skill set and, and combining that to work as a team is going to be real important. So we don't want to just rely on the forwards or you don't want to just rely on the backs, right? You, you want to be good all over the park. And um, I think that's going to help us try and um, win this weekend and hopefully next too. <laughs> who, who do you look forward to playing against and who do you not like? <laughs> Playing against oh. the Red Roses in a nice way, in a nice way. You know, if, if I was an opposition player, somebody like um, you know Marley Packer or or um, you know um, Poppy Clear would probably would be high on my list of players. I, I'd want on my side rather than playing against those kind of players. So take us through it. Come I, on, let's make some. Yeah, let's I make some plans. I'll be honest. <laughs> I've heard that Sarah Burns going to be coming back in the props, and I've seen some great footage of her over the years. I think she's gone. She's she's a wrecking ball. She um, I know she does some good stuff up front. And if I'm being really honest, we all know how good Emily Scarrett is. So I'm pretty stoked that she's kind of not there for the English races this weekend. <laughs> we know that she runs the show out there. Um, but what an exciting opportunity, right, for the other girls who 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 are able to come in and. We obviously don't know who the team list is yet, um, so I don't really have individual players um, that on my mind right now who I wouldn't like to play against, but I do know that there's some bloody stars in that team and it's going to take all 15 of us to, to try and beat them. 
We do, we do, they, we scout out every scout out. They, they, the Sarah Burns going to play in the centres opposite you. you so, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm up for it. I'm ready for the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> you would be as well. You're hoping to saying that. Um, <laughs> but it's, uh, well, look, um, let's get a let's get a um, a prediction from you. Um, remove the heart for a moment because there's only going to be one answer. That's going to be a black heart and in the nicest way. <laughs> Um, but for the head, how how close is it is it going to be? Honestly, I think it's going to be tough. And purely for us, we're probably this is our first international test match in two years, so you know we we're not going to come out the park and firing. To or I hope we do, but we'll probably be a little bit rusty at times, and that's probably that's just normal. Um, you know, not having played in a long time, so it's going to be a close match. Um, if I had to give a score, don't have an exact score, but hopefully we win by by a try. I reckon it'll be pretty close. Maybe two. Nice. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll be a little bit rusty. Have another test one. Glenn Libby, she is honestly <laughs> going through the media handbook here perfectly. <laughs> um, what? Um, two, two game series against England, then uh, you're France, haven't you? Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. World Cup so we're year. just building. We're still building. <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, those two countries in the bid for 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 the next World Cup. Where would you like to see? Mm. It? Segue there. It'd be nice yeah, to go I to France, like. wouldn't it? Great. Country. Oh, honestly, it's just wherever. <laughs> I'm not too fake. Hey, you wouldn't mind, would you? You're still be well under thirteen. <laughs> I just, just want to hope. No, I just hopefully want to be there because I'll be a little bit older in four years' time, and you know, coaches might think I'm too slow, so. Well, doesn't matter where it is. Hopefully, I can still play good rugby in four years' time. <laughs> well, if Kelly Brazy is anything to go by and an inspiration, you'll be cracking on no problem at all. You've got plenty of plenty of miles left in the tank. Um, I just ha just finally, um, Stacey, before I think you've got a, a team meeting of you, which you've, you've got to scoot off to. Um, yes. Who, it, it, as I say, double series against England and, and then France. Those teams are going to be there or thereabouts come the business end uh, of the World Cup. How important is that psychological edge or testing these sides out? Again, is it something you, you've spoken about? Is it, it's a, well, got to get the performance right and, you know, we'll look after it and we'll build to the World Cup or, you know, let's let's keep that that dominance over England at 18-8. Uh, it's fairly dominant. Let's keep that ticking over so that when we come to a World Cup again, we've got that psychological edge over them. Yeah, I think it's real important and, We've obviously watched all of the Six Nations and we probably already know that we're a little bit behind in, in, in terms of test matches against good quality opposition. Um, so already that's a, that's a big factor to take into place, but I feel like we've got such good people around us to, to twist that um, and, and try and take our mind off it. So playing against England and France these next few weeks, it's going to be critical in, in terms of building into the World Cup. Um, just seeing what each other can give. Um, our performances, what we can work on, because we're not none of us are going to be at our peak, right? You you peak at the right time for a World Cup, but different combinations are going to be really important. Um, and yeah, just I suppose understanding each other's game plan. So it's exciting, and yes, we, we've played less matches in the past few years, but um, like you said, such quality teams in England and France. Um, we love playing against them. We've lost, we've won against both of those teams. Um, so it's going to be good preparation for us into a big year next year. Brilliant, Sandy Park. You've ever played there? No, no, I haven't. I haven't actually done a lot of England, so it's cool that I'm here and, and experiencing it. Oh, it's brilliant. You'll 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 get a really good crowd down there. Um, they'll be vocal, awesome. plenty of cider, and um, lots of cream teams uh, being oh. eaten as well. So um, you can have fabulous. one afterwards to console yourself. No, to um to celebrate <laughs> with. Yeah. Hopefully. <laughs> well, Stacey, uh, we will let you get off to your, your team meeting. Thank you so much for joining us today. Really, really appreciate it. I'm so yeah, you know, it's lovely just just to see your smile um, warms the uh, warms the heart. So um, great to have you on. I hope you get a shirt for the weekend um, and all the best of luck, but not too much luck. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Always good talking to you, um, and thank you for the inside knowledge about that tea and the yeah. the, the the scone scone. Scones. Yeah. Yes. Scone, 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 potato, yeah, scone. Scone and jam. <laughs> maybe, maybe not yet, but we'll have to try it out before we leave. 
<laughs> Great stuff. Stacey, you take care. Thank you, Johnny. You too. I'm Jill Burns, and you're listening to the wonderful Women's Rugby Pod. Smiling assassin, isn't she? Stacey Flula. She has a wonderful smile, but a wonderful, wonderful player as well. I mean, Kelly Brazier has got pretty much every accolade going. Stacey Fleur at um, mid-twenties is, is not far behind. Absolutely incredible. So the details for Sunday then. Five past two on BBC Two here in the UK to pick up. And Sarah Orchard brilliantly is on commentary as well. Sonia McLaughlin getting involved as well. So well done to the BBC throwing all their bells and whistles at it. Five past two on Sunday, BBC Two for England against New Zealand live from the home of the Exeter Chiefs, Sandy Park. Absolutely fascinating to see who comes out on top and they'll do it all again the week after as well. Just about wrapping up the pod, there's a couple of bits of sad news that we you need to bring to you. We here at the WRP would uh, like to send our condolences to the family of Adeline Cordonesi one of the pioneers of Italian women's rugby who represented the national team between 1986 and 2003 and passed this week at the age of 55. This week also mourns the passing of Kathy Flores, a USA Hall of Famer inductee, a legend of the Eagles, Florence, captain the USA senior women's side when they played their first ever international game against Canada in 1987. She was the starting number eight and the team that won the 1991 World Cup in Wales. And she continued to play right through to the 1994 World Cup, eventually retiring as a player in 1998. She took charge of the Eagles as head coach between 2003 and 2010, and then spent eight years coaching Brown University, which was the realisation of her dream job, being paid to do what she loved. And in accordance with her wishes, the US Women's Rugby Foundation has established a memorial fund in her name and allow her contributions to the sport to continue. A virtual celebration of Kathy's life is being planned. USA Rugby have asked that coaches of women's rugby take time in your next practice to tell your players about Kathy and what she meant to the game. She was a true pioneer and a hero. Just a few shout-outs to finish this week's WRP then. Leicester Tigers are working with SMB College Group, Brooksby Campus, on an exciting new women's rugby programme combining coaching and nationally recognised educational qualifications. Channel Tigers, who are very, very evident on social media, a four from four with a thumping 52-12 win away at Loughborough RFC. Go the Tigers. And congratulations to our very own Nandi Butelezi. She's a finalist in the 2021 Sports Journalist of the Year in the Gautang Sports Awards. The 10th edition of the Gautang Sports Awards will be held at the Gallagher Convention Centre in Midrand, South Africa, on Saturday, the 13th of November. Fingers crossed, Nandi. Uh, I don't think we need to tell you that um, we think you should win hands down. No problem at all. We brought... Um, some brilliant energy to this podcast. Well, that is about it. A little bit later in the week, we're coming at you. Sorry about that, but we wanted to get those those guests in. It's important to, to get some really big guests for a really big week in women's rugby. Of course, we'll bring you all the news from the Autumn Internationals as this next month unfolds. But a huge, huge thank you to Katie Daly-McLean, Performance Lead and MBE. Stacey Flula, to the team behind this ugly mug, to Tom, to Bluebell and to Sean and to you, the listeners. If you haven't already, do subscribe. It just helps other people find the pod if you give it a rating as well and we can spread the word even further around the world. Check out the shop as well. Of course, we have the shop www.paulbro.com forward slash WRP. There's some brilliant beanies in there. The pink from our logo and that sort of blue turquoise fuchsia don't really know what the colour is called. Blue. There's beanies there. There's all sorts of coats and leggings and vests. Of, of course, all, all women's kit as, as well as some men's stuff in there as well. So do visit that. Uh, and of course, come and check us out on the socials if you don't already. We're at uh, at Pod Women's Rugby on Insta, on our Twitter, we're on Facebook. Where else? We're LinkedIn as well. 
And of course, you can catch this podcast in all your usual places. Enjoy the rugby at the weekend. Don't be anywhere on Sunday afternoon apart from in front of your television, in front of the uh, the radio for that huge clash, England against New Zealand. It really is the game of the weekend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Keep well. <laughs>